0: Vinic's here, and Welcome to this live stream. It's good to be back live. I'm excited. I'm back from being massaged to an inch of my life and then everything else that one gets up to on holiday, which is lovely. And um, it's an interesting day today. And I want to look at, it's not a demon gloom video. I want to look at where are we? How high can we go? What's the smarter thing to do right now potentially than buying stocks? I will also give you Goldman Sachs put out a paper today where they run through things that they think are going to go up and things that are going to go down and how that pair could actually make a really nice trade. I want to show you that. And I'm also going to do a live trading trading, which I'm very excited about. And literally one hour and you can join me for free and you can see how I made I was at 105% last year, 129% the year before. We're up 13% so far. This year, that's always a return, return on capital employed. And I'm not promising you those outcomes, but I promise you that I'll teach you what I do and how I do it. And that's a three step process. It's way simple. It's super suitable for beginners. We literally have taught people who've never had a brokerage account. And come and join me. That's all I'm saying. It's free. felixfriends.org slash webinar take about 90 minutes to walk through and we'll do some real-life trading together. And you can ask me all the difficult questions. Pummel me with them. I look forward to it. FelixFrenz.org slash webinar. I, I, I love doing these because I think people are getting a lot of value out of it. And, and that's really what this is all about. So let's share my screen. Let me see where the chat is. The chat's here. Good morning, everybody. Brilliant. And here we are. So phedexpense.org slash webinar for those of you who could not hear. How exuberant are we? Are we actually talking up this rally more than we we possibly should? Because look at where we were in mid-January, mid-late January, 23 January. And we've not really done that much more, have we? This is the NASDAQ. Okay, we've gone up hundred sixty points that's not that much on a almost eighteen thousand point index, so from that point of view, we haven't actually done all that much here in the in the last month. we've achieved very little li- relatively little despite a lot of excitement around Nvidia and so on so that's just one thing I think always just to like anchor our our expectations now, a lot of people in the industry are talking about this. And this is 1995. Party like it's 1995. I don't think there was a song about 1995. What was 1995 famous for? Friends, maybe? I don't know. What's your, what's your, uh, what do you remember from 1995? Let me know in the chat. And this is literally the NASDAQ 1995. And it looked pretty similar. And if you go forward, or zoom out rather. This was 1995. And it was the beginning of a massive, massive bull run. I mean, enormous. Dot-com bubble, and then all the way back down again to pretty much where it started. And then it took like, what, 10 years to get to get back, maybe even 15 years, I think. To get back to where it started which is also a perspective i always wanted to bear in mind like yeah stuff goes up in the long run but when we really overshoot it can take a really long period of time japan 34 years i think something like that 30 plus years anyway so what am i trying to say here i don't think we are quite at the super bubble stage but i think we are getting there and therefore we want to be a little bit smart about it we want to be a little bit cautious about it There are some stocks that are perhaps better opportunities than others. I think Google, for example, might be one of these. This is Goog. And Google has trended up like the rest of the market, but not as much. And it's come down a fair bit. And it tends to do that. It retests its sort of longer-term uptrend again and again and again. And each time we hit that, it's actually a really nice buy opportunity for people who have a longer-term horizon. 1995, Pablo Escobar. Oh, okay. The Macarena was back then. Oh God, that was a ghastly dance, wasn't it? I was always against that. So here we get into something a little unusual. What the heck is gross exposure? That bluish line there in the back is essentially exposure of funds to the market. And they have a lot of money. They have more money than they've ever had. And they are longer and more bullish than they've ever been. So some people might then point to that and go, okay, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a top, it's a bubble, but we've also got a lot more money because Papa Powell has been very generous by printing $4 trillion extra to make sure that the lovely money managers have more to make money from. Skip that one. And that's also a bit of a complex chart to look at, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's just showing that. Okay, let me explain this. That volatility, which is kind of fear, is very, very low. And when it's very, very low, like it was here, and the market keeps rallying up, then typically the market comes down to kind of catch up with it. So you would think low fear is a good thing, but it also can be complacency. And I think we're heading in that direction for sure, and that's why I, I'll also tell you guys later if you join the live trading training, like how you can actually protect your portfolio, because it's a relatively simple thing to do, and I'll, I'll send you a, a video on that. Uh, that's China stocks rebounding here. And I did a little video yesterday from, from Manila from my hotel room, and I was saying, hedge funds are selling. And some of you guys in the comments were like, well, they're selling, who's buying this? Are you saying that retail investors are big enough to buy what hedge funds are selling? Yes, that's the answer. So hedge funds are selling tech. That's what I was saying. Massive amounts of it and unusually large amounts of it. And what are they buying? Real estate. Why? Why? Hedge funds kind of have to be contrarians to outperform the market. If you just do what everyone else is doing, you're going to get average returns. If you are doing the opposite, you potentially get very, very large returns. So that's what they're doing. They're they're buying materials, utilities, and, and real estate. That's essentially where they're shopping and they are ditching what has done the best, which is tech and healthcare. And and industrials to an extent, actually industrials. The numbers just out of atrocious. We got to know. Are you wearing shorts right now? You know what? I'm actually wearing trousers today, which is very very rare. I I generally refuse to live in climates where you have to wear trousers. I think it should be warm enough, 11 months of the year to be able to wear shorts, which is pretty much what we got here. But today it's a little bit nippy. Nick remembers Kevin Keegan. Okay, interesting. Are they red trousers? No, no, they're blue today. Very, um, We're very um, low-key today with the, with the whole color thing. Uh, but yeah, you see me when you see me on, on holiday. You see me sometimes in, in larger shots, not at the desk here. But I'm very excited to be back today, and I'm very excited to be teaching hundreds of you on the live trading training in 52 minutes as well. So grab yourself a free seat. This is Goldman Sachs today. So this is kind of gold dust. That doesn't mean you should do the trades. This is basically you know, a trader at Goldman Sachs will come up with this list and say, this is what we're doing. And it doesn't mean that they're right or that they're wrong. In a sense, I used to be one of those people who came up with trade ideas and I wasn't always right and I wasn't always wrong. But I quite like the way they're thinking because it tells you something. And essentially what they're saying is buy puts which is a bearish setup. They're expecting these stocks to have over-delivered. They're not saying they're going to collapse, but they're just saying, we think they're going to come down compared to the rest of the market. And there's some big names in this. Affirm, Palantir, Groupon, Spotify, Shopify, Netflix, You know, pretty pretty big names. And they're basically just saying that they have outperformed the market so much that they don't think they're going to go up that much more. So they're suggesting to buy puts on these. And then, and this is kind of, this is hedge fund thinking. And maybe people sometimes say to me, Felix, your stuff's just too complicated. And I I, I struggle to make things simpler, but I'm trying. Um, on this stuff here, they're saying buy calls, which means they're bullish, right? And they're suggesting to do the combination. And that's how you kind of capture a market Going back to its average, so you sell the outliers to the top, you buy the outliers to the bottom, and that way you hope that you're not completely wrong on all of them, and therefore you should make some money. And there's some again big names in here: um, Pfizer, for example, Citizens Financial, Alaska Air, uh, Mobile, I, you know, some stuff that's been beaten up a little bit. Price performance the last 12 months on these is. Pretty pretty negative, minus 40% on uh, mobile eye, Pfizer down 32%, and so on. So you get you get the idea. So the 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 the, the drift here is essentially where that chart go? I don't know where the chart went. But the drift is essentially that a market does two things. So this is the market average. And then you get your outliers, your sort of bullish outliers who are doing this and in theory always come back to the, to the median. Right? That's sort of the, the general gist with it. And then you get your uh, stuff that people hate, which would typically move in opposite directions to the, the bullish stuff. So the theory being that as long as they come back to somewhere in the direction of the, the average, you could actually make money in both directions. And that's the sort of thing that I, I quite like. I'm not saying you should do this, these trades, but it, that's kind of the idea. I hope that makes some sense. And Julia says, yes, very much like an RSI chart. Exactly, you sort of, you, you go against the grain and, and if you did it, and that's probably what they're suggesting is to do it with, what is that? Two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 15 names. Maybe they have an even longer list. And they might do with a whole basket. So 50 names bullish, 50 names bearish. And that way you can be wrong on some of them. But as long as you're right on a couple of them, you will make sufficient money to pay for the, for the, 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 the losers, essentially. So that's kind of an idea here. Uh, let's go a little bit more into news right here, right now. And I um, wonder if anybody catches that reference. And durable goods orders are collapsing. And what are durable goods? Well, it's anything from fridges to cars to airplanes—stuff that you buy that lasts. Boeing, I think, has had three plane orders this year, or something like that, which obviously is a, is a factor. And we've had a fair bit of this data in 2023, where we had these big red candles. It doesn't exactly scream the economy is booming and everyone's buying machinery to expand factories and that kind of thing. No, it kind of says maybe be a little bit cautious, be a little bit careful. That's kind of what, what it says to me. So on that note, let's have a look at what pre-markets up to. And pre-markets, it's all right, flattish. Google is recovering a little bit. Everything else is pretty much flat. Well, except for LLY, it's down 2%. And Tesla, actually up 2.5%, which is quite a nice move here. And let's have a look at the economic calendar. So we're getting a fair bit of economic data out this week. Inflation data out, I think, also on Thursday, Friday. But yeah, the, the durable good stuff is, if you exclude defense, it's minus 7%. So that's... That's not good, is it? I mean, that's not exactly saying this economy is booming and booming and booming. You know, it's minus seven percent. So therefore, it has it grown over the year? Can we zoom out? No, it hasn't really, has it? We are we're in pretty pretty low waters here. And we haven't been that low since COVID. COVID was worse. Much worse. Three times as bad. But still, it's not exactly Great territory for industrial stocks and so on, which is possibly a good time to buy them, which is also a little bit funny.